Stay inspired on the go with Springboard Zone, an inspirational podcast from internationally acclaimed executive coaches, authors and ministers, Albert and Comfort Okran. You will be inspired and challenged with strategies to consistently reach for new heights. And now, today's message. My topic for this presentation under the main theme, Dare to Dream, is Kaizen. My sub-theme is Continuous Improvement as a Springboard to Realizing Your Dreams. Continuous Improvement as a Springboard to Realizing Your Dreams. Many people start by looking at what they want to become in the next decade. You see somebody that you admire and you say, that's my future. I want to become like this 10 years from now. And there is absolutely nothing wrong with it. But there's one problem. For many people, when they see that picture and they conceptualize it, they want it, but they want it now. They see the end, the beautiful end, but they don't see the process. I believe that everyone here has aspirations, certain things you want to see in your life. You may have considered your aspirations or your destination, but have you considered the process or the journey? And that is where we get it wrong. You know where you want to go, but you have not considered how to get there. As a result, when people try to become the next big thing overnight and it doesn't happen, then they get frustrated and they say it doesn't work. Who is your role model? Who do you look up to? I'm sure I could put up pictures of different role models, but what do these role models you are mentioning have in common? Can I suggest to you, my dear friends, that for every name you mention, if I took a sample of the names you have mentioned here, there is one thing that they have in common. Whether your role model is Professor Stephen Aday, Dr. Joyce Ayi, Dr. Otabel, Ibo White, Paula White, there is one thing that I see common in all these role models, and that is consistent progress and improvement. For some of them, it is decades of consistent progress and improvement. It is not wrong to want to become the next men's outable. It is not wrong to become the next big thing in your area of operation or endeavor. But apply yourself consistently to progress and improvement. That big thing you want will not happen overnight. And so why do I choose to talk about Kaizen? The principle of Kaizen is simply continuous improvement of working practices or personal philosophy. It is a Japanese concept that has become famous in management theory as a way of incrementally ensuring progress in work practices. And it simply says that you want to see 100% improvement in the way you work. Just break it down. Break it down to daily improvement, weekly improvement, 
monthly improvement and they can go to annual improvement instead of trying to jump to where you are trying to reach in a day. And that is the principle of Kaizen. Now, because of its easy applicability, it's also been adapted for individual improvement. And so, what we are saying is that many people come up with New Year resolutions and they declare, this year will be my year. My year of action, my year of excellence, my year of improvement. Depending on which church you go to, you can call a team and you make a declaration. But from research, by 15 January, many people have given up. Am I speaking the truth? Many people by 15 January have given up because the thing you said you will not do, you would have done it. And the thing you said you will do too, you wouldn't have done it. And when that happens, then people get discouraged. And so why are we promoting Kaizen? It's simple. Real, sustainable change doesn't happen instantly. Tell somebody little by little. If you, for instance, don't invest, and you hear about investment and you say, ah, if I had heard this 10 years ago, I would have reached far by now. I will invest 60% of my income. You see, when you say that, you are being unfair. It is true that you, you, you should have heard it 10 years ago. But be realistic. If you told yourself 20%, 15%, 10%, you can consistently follow that for a long time. But when you come up with an ambitious plan, and after three months you get tired, you will abandon the philosophy altogether. If you don't read a book or you've not been reading and you find out the power in reading and you say, how come nobody told me I'll read one book a week? No. Start with one paragraph a day. (laughs) Then you can go to one chapter. When you build the appetite, you don't even need to measure it. You will see the significant progress in your life. And so real change doesn't happen instantly. And many give up when they fail to reach their ultimate destination overnight. But be patient with yourself and construct your journey step by step. Now, Kaizen is a proven system many companies have used to build world-class organizations. And therefore, if you can apply it in your personal life, you definitely can see a significant change. And even if you started from today and said, over the next one year, I want to see some improvement and use that one year as a stepping stone to the next five years and the next ten years. It is a reality you can experience. In that regard, therefore, I want to give you a, a framework, a three-part framework for realizing significant improvement in the next 366 days or 365 days or the next 12 months of your life. And when you succeed in seeing that progress over the next 12 months, then extend this model for the next five years, 60 months. And when that works, and then extend it for the next 120 months, 10 years, And I have no doubt in my mind that if everyone here signed up to these commitments, 
10 years from now, you will be that big thing you've been dreaming about and you will not be disappointed like some people have been who have tried to jump to their ultimate destination overnight. What is this three-part framework? The first part of the framework is improve yourself. Let's say it together. Look at somebody next to you. Tell the person, improve yourself. Many of us want to change the world by improving somebody else. I wish my boss were a better person. Why doesn't my pastor preach this way? Why doesn't somebody else, why doesn't the president, and why does the radio presenter talk this way? You always want to see somebody else become a better person. And that often leads to frustration because the person won't even hear you, and even if they heard you, they won't mind you. But I can assure you of one proven way of changing the world. Start by changing yourself. Improve yourself in three areas. Number one, improve in the area of your faith. I don't know what you believe, but faith is at the very core of your person. We are not physical beings who are having a periodic spiritual experience. We are spiritual beings having a physical experience. And so whatever faith that you have, commit to become stronger in your faith. In the study of the scriptures, in your prayer, in your fellowship, in your commitment, in your understanding of spiritual things. Put in place a program. I like systems. I don't like nice wishes. I wish, I command, I declare, I confess. Instead of confessing, you get a devotional. That will allow you to do the devotion 10 minutes a day for a year. It is better than lifting the Bible and saying, I'll read the Bible the whole year. You see, such things, they scare me. Follow a program, a system that is reliable and dependable. And so, commit to being a better person in your faith. The second area of improvement of yourself is your character or your values. People who will do anything are dangerous. A person must draw certain lines in your life that you will say, no matter what, I will not cross. No matter how much I am believing God for a job, I will not let somebody sleep with me to give me that job. I will not. A a, a person must have some lines that you don't cross. If you believe that the end justifies the means, then for you anything goes. And that is very dangerous because you will find that the world can become so fluid for you that you cross one line, the another line becomes more attractive and then you cross it and you keep crossing until very soon when you look in the mirror, you don't even recognize yourself. Draw lines in your life. Set boundaries. Come up with three core values that guide your life. I don't know if you have values. But does anybody have a value that you really admire? Or a a principle, a value, an attribute you you really, really cherish? Is there anybody here with a value? Yes? Giving. You like giving. Anybody else? Yes? Pardon? Trust. Wonderful. Anybody else? Do you have values? Yes? Pardon? Hard work. Let, Let me hear two more. The ladies, do you have values? Tell me, what are those values? 
If it must be done, it must be done well. That's our third pillar. We will come there very shortly. I like the way you said it with a smile on your face. Let me take two more from here. Do you have values? Madam in the corner, do you have a value? Humility, even the way you are standing, it is a humble way. I believe you. Last one, yes sir. So punctuality. Okay, let me say that for you. I like the way you describe it in a full sentence. I would say, I would say punctuality. Alright, so come up with three. Write down in your book right now. Three core values that will guide my life. Three core values that will guide my life. And when you go home tonight, take time to reflect on which values guide your life. Which pillars? There's a song that says, you are the pillar that holds my life. You must have the values that hold your life. And you say, other things matter to other people, but in my life, it is giving, it is humility, it is punctuality. Write down the three core values. A person who has values stands out. I sit on several interview panels and I can tell you this, that very often the deciding factor is not academic excellence. That would have been featured in the shortlist. But when final selection, 10 candidates, 7 candidates, other things come to play. And that is when your values, your understanding, your appreciation of things outside your course outline make you stand out. The third area of improvement of yourself is your relationships. Commit to becoming a better person in the way you deal with other people. Let your siblings say, this is my favorite brother. This is my favorite sister. Because he or she always encourages me. Let your spouse say, I thank God I married this person. Like I would say every day, thank God for being merciful to me and giving me comfort to marry. Because I can proudly say here today that but for this woman, that the past 22 years plus has been beside me, I would never have realized my God-given potential. Thank you, Comfort. That is it. Commit to becoming a better spouse, a better client, a better employee, a better boss. Let your relationships give value to other people. Look at somebody eyeball to eyeball. Tell the person, I will be a better person. Starting now. I will improve myself. In the area of my faith, my character, and in all my relationships. So help me God. Why don't you put your hands together? The second area of improvement in our three-part blueprint under the theme Kaizen is to improve your value. Every one of us has a value. A few years ago, a company had a strategic session and they were presenting their new brand to their staff and they shared their thoughts with me and invited me as the keynote speaker to speak about the power of a new brand before the CEO launches the brand. 
This is a multinational company, one of the most respected companies in the top three, top five of the Ghana Club 100. And when I finished describing the future of the company, the CEO stood up and said, after what Albert has said, I have nothing to see. Launched the brand and sat down. And the company came back and said, listen, everyone in this company must hear what you said. So we need you next week to go to another region and speak about this. And I said, I am not available on that day. And they said, you are available. I said, I have given my word to some other people that I will speak for them. I didn't tell them it was a group of teenagers. I had committed to speak at our teenagers event at Osu Ebenezer Presby on that afternoon of the day they wanted me to speak. This is a multinational company, one of the most prestigious industries in this country. I said, I'm not available. They said, you are available. <laughs> Long and short, they said, what time is your program? I said, one o'clock. They said, oh, no problem. They put a plane at my disposal. I flew out in the morning, spoke at the event, scheduled to speak for only 20 minutes, spoke at the event. By 12, 12 30, the plane had brought me back. And at one o'clock, I was speaking to the teenagers as I had promised. <laughs> All right, so what am I trying to describe? That a person can, by the choices that you make, actually add to your value. Why is it that some seamstresses, or they call them fashion designers, sew a dress and they say this dress is $1,000? And yet people are buying. And somebody else will sew and collect 20 and nobody is buying. And the person who sews for 20 can argue that the dress is as good as the person who sews for 1,000. And it's true. Maybe. But what people are buying is not the dress. It is the name. There are five areas you should improve your value. The first one is your brand positioning. Your brand positioning. When you do what you do at the highest level, and you consistently work at it, it gets to a point where you are invited from Germany, from New York, and they say, listen, we are putting down every requirement in terms of paying for your travel and paying for your speaking for you to come and speak. Anywhere in the world. You get experience of traveling across the world and going to places where you have not been before and you meet people who say, You've changed my life. I read your book. It changed my life. I saw you on TV and I'm not the same. Why? Because you built a brand. Everyone is a brand and your name will elicit a perception of value. Second principle I will share under improving your value is the principle of leveraging. The principle of leveraging is very well explained in this book called The Five Talent Mentality. And what we simply say, and what I can say for myself, is that I have only one talent. I'm a communicator. I don't have the multi-talent that many of you have here. And going by the biblical story, I should have buried my one talent and complained to God. But by the grace of God, by the principle of leveraging, I have used one talent and leveraged it to do more than 20 different things. And so I am a media educator, 
on radio, television, in print. I educate on phones. Uh, we have a mobile education program. We are consultants for different companies. We do organizational redesign. I am a pastor, a full-time pastor. There are several things I do. I am an author. It's only one talent. Tell somebody one talent. Different expressions. So leveraging is taking one activity, one ability, and then using that as a springboard to create different avenues for expressing that ability. And so find ways of leveraging what you know how to do to create opportunity in different places. The third way of increasing your value is even more connected to the second one and it's called multiple streams of income. Find ways after leveraging your ability to use each one of them to create income. And I find that because of our traditional upbringing in our part of the world, when you talk about income, many people's first thought goes to salary. Your salary is only one of the potential income streams you can have. And for many of us, we are so steeped in that, that when you take us outside the salary thinking or the salary zone, we can't possibly imagine any other source of income because we have not been trained that way. But think, something as simple as investment. While you are still here, if you had invested 10% of your income every month, believe me, that income would have worked for you in the investment. You can still work like you work, but that money will be growing. And there are several platforms for creating additional income. And it's something you must explore this year. A friend of ours is a senior finance director in one of the most respected companies in this country. But her passion is in baking. And she bakes so well that we sometimes we just visit her on our way home and say, oh, we just stopped by. The reason we went there is the cake. But she doesn't mind at all. But for many of us, it would have then become a hobby. Something that your friends come to your house and eat for free. But the difference with this person is that she sees the cakes as an income stream. A legitimate income stream. And Madam Chairperson, the biggest barrier many of us will face under such circumstance is to say, how can me, a director of a company, bake cake and sell? It is below my level. As a second degree holder, I can't bake cake and sell. But this person will wear her gloves and her apron and bake the cakes and carry the cakes to the office. And before 8 o'clock, she would have sold to everybody from senior staff to junior staff and she puts the money in her bank account. And I dare say she earns more money probably from the cakes than from her regular salary. Friends, think about something you can do to earn additional income. And please, banish shyness from your dictionary. I don't know about you. But if you are coming from where I'm coming from and you have hustled in life before, when you see an opportunity, you will not be shy. The fourth pillar of improving your value is to improve your network. Your network. There is a very, very undesirable trait of Ghanaians. My friends, the Nigerians, are not like that. 
let me say it point blank. A Ghanaian can go to a function and will not greet anyone and will go home. No, the Nigerians don't do that. They will greet everybody. Hey, Oga, stand there. You know, I've heard about you. When we went to Nigeria with Springboard, eh, we had to stop going because the way, yesterday somebody attacked me in Kofuria and said, I hear you came to Lagos in 2011 and didn't come again. Listen, come to Lagos and Lagos is only one. There are 34 places you can go. And he was so persistent. Ghanaians, you like something, but you pretend you don't like it. And you meet people, you won't greet them. The next time you hear them, the person has been made minister of finance. And the person was on the same floor in the hall. And you never greeted them. Why? Greet somebody. Even here, today, there are hundreds of you here. Some of you, you came with your roommate. You are still next to your roommate. And you won't greet anybody till you leave. Please pause and greet somebody. Greet them. <laughs> Ask them their name. Ask the person their name. Say hello. Say hello. You may never know. Yeah, say hello to somebody. You may never know who is here. Uh huh. I like that. <laughs> I like that. Now, but that's the principle. Did you enjoy that? Can I hear a big wow? Let me let me tell you something I learned from a man called Nido Kubain. Nido Kubeng is a man who left Jordan with $50 and went to America with no English. And when he arrived, he was asked, what is your goal? He says, I want to become the number one speaker in this country. Hold on. You can't speak English. And in one of his keynote messages, he shared a principle that was very interesting. He says, building networks is not accidental. It is deliberate. He says, I make four network calls a day. My clients, I call four clients every day. Not because I'm looking for business, just to say, oh, how are you? How are things? And he says, every single time I check on somebody, I connect to the person and I'm the first person they will remember if a business opportunity comes. And he says, it is easy because I have a book of the hundred most important people in my life. And guess what? I call them once a month. Why is that important? If people are important in your life and you never call them and anytime you appear, you need something, very soon they will shut the door in your face because they are tired. But if you are consistently connecting with your people who matter in your life. You will find out sometimes when you call them, they say, I can't believe this. Just this morning, I was thinking about something in your area. It is called the law of recognition and the law of attraction. Just make that connection and that could be the opening. That job you are looking for, maybe the day you meet that person, they say, ah, this morning somebody spoke to me about something and guess what? You are just the kind of candidate for that opportunity. But that will not happen if you close yourself and stay in your corner. Build networks deliberately. The fifth pillar under improving your value is knowledge. The traditional concept of knowledge is formal education. And even formal education, I dare say that the kind of education that we had in the university 30 years ago is markedly different from what you are having now. Not in terms of the execution, but in terms of the appreciation. 
many of you, if you knew the exam questions now, you won't go to lectures again? No. All you want to do is pass. And so, and I understand you because that is how we are beginning to think. But can I suggest to you something that you will find out as a major reality, a reality check for many of you. Life is bigger than your course outline. And knowledge goes beyond the lecture room. The experience of being educated at the tertiary level is not just about chew, pour, and pass. Even the assignments, the group work is supposed to build in you certain attributes, certain abilities that when you come out will matter more than the class you got. I have sat on chairing interview panels where first class students have failed woefully and second class students have gotten the job. Long and short, you may be the best candidate with your first class, but we have found out that informal knowledge, informal learning has bridged the gap between the educated and the uneducated. The truth, my friends, is that many of the things that will bring value in your career go beyond what you learn in the lecture room. The lecture room is a foundation that you build on it additional knowledge that is not in your course outline. Let's take this home. The third and final way to stand out, Kaizen, how to increase your success using three pillars. Improve yourself, improve your value. The third way of improving is improve your strategy or your approach. Your strategy or your approach. Wherever you are, employers, clients, stakeholders like rewarding people who get it right the first time. If they give you things and you come back and the first time it is done, your boss builds more confidence in you and there may be other executives there but they will always give you the job because you will get it right the first time. There are some people, even when you give them work to do, you are still hanging around because you've not had a good experience. They will forget how they can forget, you don't understand. Work that your boss has given you, and you say, I'm sorry, I forgot. I am so sorry. You are sorry. There is so much at stake, and there is so much competition. You can't be sorry, and you can't forget. Or they will deliver you the wrong thing, and they say, oh, that I thought you meant. You thought what? You were not writing when you were being told. Even your posture when you are being given an instruction, can predict whether you will get the thing right or not. The thing, as the person is telling you what to do, you are chewing gum and you are thinking about Manchester United. Entertainment is fine, but there is time for everything. You must have a concentrated mind that focuses on execution. Get it right the first time. The second way to improve your strategy is to execute faster. If you give two put an assignment and one always completes ahead of schedule, when your back is against the wall, you go for the one you know will execute faster. Some people will do the work for you, but by the time they finish, you are dead. They will do it all right, but you will die in the process. Slow! 
and deadlines don't matter to them. They just don't understand that there's a deadline. They say, but I am working on it. I know, but you see, life does not wait for you. If the plane is leaving at three, it's leaving at three. Execute faster. Number three, if you want to improve your strategy, execute cheaper. That means ensure that you save the company, the organization, money in the way you work. If you get the results and you get them cheaper, our chances are brighter. The fourth way you can improve your strategy is to execute hassle-free. Why is that important? Some people will get the result, but by the time they finish, they have pulled everybody from whatever they are doing. They are calling you that they, they can't find the adapter. They are calling somebody else. They can't find it. So everybody has to stop everything that they are doing, and we go through a knife-edge hustle before the thing gets done. By the time they finish, you, you wish you had done it yourself. They come back about 20 times. So did you mean that? They say, oh. If I have to stop everything I'm doing and be answering all this and doing all this, then I might as well have done it myself from beginning till the end. Execute hassle-free. At the point of instruction or inception, take time to understand what you are being asked to do and apply yourself and execute. The final driver for improving your strategy is be the one who is the most efficient. Be the more efficient one. And this refers to a competitive situation. If there is a choice between 30 executives and you are the one who is seen as being the most efficient, you will get the best results, you will deliver them on time, you will always be consistent, you will get the opportunity. Some ask, what is the key to promotion? The answer is simple. If there is a choice between yourself and other people, if the boss ever had to say, if I had to choose one amongst my administrators, amongst my sales force, amongst my executives, if I ever had to choose one, it should be this person. Friends, wherever you find yourself, position yourself such that if they are looking for one person, it will be you. Now for that to happen, you can't eat and sleep. You've got to dare to dream that you can become the number one. And when you dare to dream that you become number one, don't assume that overnight I will become world number one public speaker, world number one doctor, world number one educator, world number one investor, world number one journalist, whatever. And Christians typically say, I claim it. I'm sorry. Some kinds of success you don't claim it. Kaizen simply says, start today and little by little by little by little work your way over time and you will enjoy every part of the journey. God bless you. Thank you for listening to Springboard Zone, an inspirational podcast by Arbet and Comfort Okran. Like our Facebook and Twitter pages at Albert N. E. Okran and Comfort Okran A for free resources and information about our itinerary, conferences, and media broadcast. For speaking appointments, email albert.okran at icloud.com or SMS or WhatsApp us on 0302-500-0302.
plus two three three two four nine 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 zero zero zero. You may also subscribe to Amazon.com or your favorite online bookstore for copies of our inspirational books and audiovisual materials. Until we come your way again, always remember you are blessed indeed. No more searching. The light has come.